Hey, everybody. I'm Mary. And I'm Shelly. And this is episode seven of LDL Letters. The Latter-day Lesbian Midweek Mail Podcast. Oh, you're getting real good at that. It's kind of catchy. Yeah, well, you know, I uh, I memorized that and shit. <laughs> sure did. You know it's written on the back of your hand, baby. <laughs> I had it tattooed. Oh. Just so I would not forget it. It'd be a weird tattoo. It would be a little weird. That? It'd be a little strange. It's, it's a little like uh, that movie, uh, is it Memento? Where that Don't guy know. tattoos himself the, the entire time to try to keep the facts straight, even though he's got a serious short-term memory problem. Never saw that. So he can't trust his, his tattoos, oh. it turns out. Uh, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> and in the end, everybody dies. Uh, not everybody. No? Okay. Just not everybody. Okay. Just gotcha. somebody. Well, we've got some a couple of fun uh, letters today. The one that you're going to read, I'm especially happy about because this will be the letter that Carolyn wrote to us, which inspired us to invite them to be on the podcast. So you're yes. going to hear the letter, and then their podcast episode is coming up coming soon. up this weekend or the following. I think it's the following weekend. Whatever. Uh, just keep out of listen Soon. for Carolyn and Jamie's episode of our Sunday podcast. Yeah, we have uh, an episode coming up that is dedicated to the transgender community. Yep. And we've only talked to two of them on the podcast so far, to be uh-huh. fair, and they don't claim to be representative of the entire trans community, obviously, but we are going to hear from two voices. Yeah, they have great stories, and I, I for sure learned a lot from oh my both gosh, of them. So, so much. Yeah, and I, this, that will not be our only episode with transgender folks folks coming on. Yeah. So anyway, do you want to read Yeah, you want me to Carolyn's just dive first? into it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Carolyn says, hi. Hi. Hello again, Carolyn. We were just hanging out last night. <laughs> I am late to the game. I just found your podcast at DC Pride. I live in the area. Mm-hmm. Okay, but to be fair, for a limited time, yeah, Carolyn moving. is moving back to New York. That's but we're where... going to go visit them because, hello, New York. Well, New York, right. But Carolyn is hello, a student Carolyn. in New York City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So far, I have really enjoyed listening. It makes me laugh, thank you, and helps me feel not quite so alone in the world. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's my favorite thing. I know. As a young queer person, it is so nice to hear from older queer people. That's you and me, Shelley. We are a little older. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Uh, So nice to hear from older queer people who are living happy lives. I really related to Shelley when she talked about silence with family. I identify as non-binary and use they, them pronouns. I not so recently came out to my parents and told them about being trans. The big important part of coming out as trans is it requires people to change pronouns. And we have heard a lot on this topic. Yeah, it's for sure. really important. Mm-hmm. My family still hasn't changed my pronouns or really talked to me about it, which that is horrible. Mm-hmm. I understand how hard that silence is because if someone said something like, using your pronouns is too hard, or I don't understand why you are doing this, then we could have a conversation and yell and scream, and I could express my pent-up feelings. Yeah, Shelly, I think you had kind of talked about this on an episode with family, about about your family, if they would just ask me some questions. I've never once been able to tell my family why I left the church. Right. Or how I know I'm gay. Right. Uh, They've never asked, and maybe I'm just too afraid to throw it at them. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, I I think that would be daunting. Yeah. It's kind of like— You've put subjects out there and and had nothing come back. Correct. Yeah. And and 
So what would make you want to continue yeah. those trying, trying? Clearly something they don't want to talk about. To have those conversations happen mm-hmm. when you're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. Carolyn goes on to say, but without them using my correct pronouns or addressing it in any way, it feels stifling. I was recently listening to your episode in which you discussed trans and non-binary identities. I totally understand that a lot of trans experiences are new, but I think that as members of the queer community, it is important for you to take on educating yourselves and not just relying on trans people to explain their experiences. Some people are okay with that, And I do like sharing my story, which is why I am writing you here. But I think this narrative that demands the performance of trans experiences and suffering for education of others is ultimately harmful. For me, it feels like I have to justify and explain my gender to everyone I meet when I ask for my correct pronouns. That has to be tiresome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to and shouldn't have to constantly explain what it means to be non-binary. I don't owe that to anyone. On a podcast or in a letter, I'm happy to tell that story. And you know what? It is going to be coming up on a podcast. Mm -hmm. So we get to hear all about it. Yep. But I think it is up to allies to learn, not trans people to tell. That is actually a really interesting viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear from some of our other listeners who are part of the trans community. What do you think about that? Right. What do you think about feeling like it's your responsibility to educate people about what it means to be trans. Sure. Yeah. I'm curious. I think, and something that we sort of uncovered when we when we interviewed Carolyn and Jamie was it, there's a lot with your attitude when you ask questions and what yeah. kind of questions you're asking. And tone. And tone. Yeah. yeah. You sh- asking someone to explain, you know, explain why you think you're binary or is a lot. Non-binary. I'm sorry. Non-binary is a lot different than asking someone you know, so what does it what does it feel like when or someone misgenders you? Or tell you, to, yeah, yeah, tell me how you got to be where you are. More of a, yeah. I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I want to know you as a person. Right. Big right. difference for sure. Yeah. Total difference. I also want to address your point about messing up on pronouns. I wrote an op-ed in my school newspaper about this, actually, and have done a lot of thinking about it. I understand that messing up people's pronouns happens, and it's difficult. But there comes a point like with my parents or my boss or some of my friends, where I have corrected them enough times that it is really frustrating. Yeah, that's got to get old. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And very intimidating, too, if you're having to correct people in authority positions above you. That would be hard. Yep, it sure would. Pronouns are hard, but it can't be the job of the trans person to constantly monitor that. It's exhausting. I think that people need to take responsibility for their mistakes and then actually change their behavior instead of paying lip service to trans people. And if you do screw up, make sure the trans person doesn't end up comforting you or making excuses for you, which happens a lot. Yeah, we were talking about this last night too, so... I mess up the they pronoun mm-hmm. a lot, I guess, because it's I'm hung up on it being like a plural right. pronoun. Mm-hmm. I can learn this. Sure, I'm, yeah. I'm teachable. You are teachable, baby. <laughs> yeah, but instead of just saying, oh, yeah, so sorry, and then correcting, I kind of made it like I went overboard about right. it. Oh, my I gosh, I'm so terrible. sorry. Oh, I did it again. I'm I- so sorry. <laughs> and then the whole room's uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. And we, in this episode upcoming, we talk a lot about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very common thing, I think, that people react to when they misgender. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. We also came up with a fantastic t-shirt idea oh my God, don't during spoil, that don't episode. Don't spoil it. It's so good. <laughs> Pronouns are really important. It's not just like pronouncing someone's name wrong or a minor inconvenience. It is a critical part of my ability to exist in the world and be seen as me. 
If you are at all interested in learning any more about this, I would be happy to talk, and I have done a lot of thinking about this topic. Well, guess what? We did talk. We sure did on a podcast. Mm -hmm. They say, again, I love the podcast, and I'm so excited to continue to hear it. I would love to become a patron, but I am paying for college right now, so I can't. Damn college. Totally understand. Thank you for reading, Carolyn. Mm. Carolyn, thanks so much for writing in, and it was fantastic having you on the podcast. Can't wait for those episodes. In fact... Uh, it was such a great and robust recording session. We just kept recording. We just kept going. Yeah, yeah. we recorded for a good two hours, yeah. and we're going to turn that into two podcast episodes. Yep. Yep. And that's coming up uh, episode 39 and 40. So yes. look for that. Be ready. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Carolyn had some amazing things to say. Yes, so thank did you, Jamie. As did Jamie. We yep. read Jamie's letter earlier. Hers was one of the first. Yeah, hers was it earlier might have been the on. the first. Uh, maybe. Maybe second. I don't remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was early on. Oh, I think it was episode 20. That's right, because Jamie says she calls that her episode. Yep, she sure does. You're right. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. Can I take my turn? Yep. Right after the break. Oh, gosh, yes. Got to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. We will be right back. We're back. My turn. Shelly's turn. This letter comes at us from Erica. All right. Erica says, hi. Um, Hi. (laughs) That was cute. I've been putting off writing because I get nervous about talking to people I admire. Your inner strength is incredible, both of you, and you make me want to share my story, however less impressive, to let anyone who's listening know they're not the only ones because I know how much that helps me every day. Aw, that's awesome. Okay, so I'm Erica. I'm 26 years old, and I've been stuck in Utah Valley since age four. Ooh, sorry, Erica. Yeah, born and raised Utah and born and raised Mormon. Jesus. Double out. It's not getting any better, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> My extended family lives all across the West Coast and as far as east as Minnesota, and all of those families but one are active in the LDS Church. Good Lord. Yeah, no pressure. It's a gaggle of Mormons right there. (laughs) (laughs) Or a murder of Mormons. (laughs) Right. Everyone in my life was doing it, so I did it too. For the first 12 years, it wasn't so bad. Primary was fun. I've always loved singing. And the talks about eternal family pertained to me and my parents and had yet to include some nebulous, worthy young man I'd have to marry someday. It was young women's that started bringing down my spirit. I had never been into men, and over time it went from, you're just a late bloomer, to sometimes people don't get married until the afterlife, to, (laughs) I know, right? How is that a thing? Guess what, Mormon God? Guess who's not getting married in her afterlife to a man? <laughs> no, no, no. Not this one. Well, you'll there'll be like single sisters, they call them, that actually never get married. Oh, and, and it's hard for them because so much of the Mormon church, all the lessons, all the everything are around eternal families. And this person feels bad. So it's like, well, you tell them, yeah. well, you'll, you will be sealed to someone that God picks for you for eternity. Who's of the opposite sex? Of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, duh. Right. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah, no, I'm out. That's not how I roll. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You're just a late bloomer to sometimes people don't get married until the afterlife to try and give me some sort of hope I didn't ask for. <laughs> yeah. I, you're right. I don't, I don't want this. I didn't want to marry or be beholden to a man, and I certainly didn't want children. The words asexual and lesbian-oriented didn't enter my vernacular until much later, but it was still true for me. I like girls, and I don't like sex. Them's the facts. There you go. On top of that, I fell into a pretty deep depression at age 13, and from 15 to 18, I started showing signs of a hallucinogenic disorder parallel to schizophrenia. Oh, my. Yeah. I would fall unconscious and wake up with cuts on the back of my arm or come to at midnight in a public park somewhere or all manner of things. Whoa. Not a great time, she says. 
Like any Mormon teen faced with a problem beyond her control, I turned to God, and when he ignored me, I turned to my church leaders and teachers. And the advice I got? Pray to be healed, live Mm. with faith, and go out and get myself a patriarchal blessing, and with faith, I would be healed. Oh, my gosh. That patriarchal blessing is like a Band-Aid. Uh, or worse. (laughs) Cures everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, my symptoms were, in fact, treated. It took several therapists, a psychiatrist, and three separate medications, and it happened years after I left the church. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got to leave the church to be able to— To not be trying to fucking pray everything away. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. To get real treatment, in other words. (laughs) real actual treatment. I lost literal years of my life. I've never fully healed, and I'll be on these medications for the rest of my life. Wow. Thanks, God. Thanks, patriarchs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm a very lucky person in that my entire family actually left the church all at the same time. Oh, how my awesome God. is That's that? Like the spiritual lottery right there. <laughs> yeah, I would die. <laughs> like if like if suddenly tomorrow my whole family called like, look, we we've been looking into it and you're right, it is all bullshit. Let's well, let's go to holy Vegas. Holy crap, we would, I would let's die. go to Vegas. Oh my god, I would be so excited. <laughs> we would fucking go to Vegas. Hell is yeah. What we would I would do. drop down some change and we would go to Vegas. <laughs> we would party. Oh my God. They'd all get drunk on one sip of beer. <laughs> That's true. I would buy I'm like, I'll buy all the drinks till you're drunk. It cost me like three dollars. Yeah, three three fifty maybe. Well, plus, aren't they free often at casinos anyway? So there That's you go. True. Good point. Um, where did I got a little sidetracked with imagining the perfect family I would have if they would leave the church? Okay, so what she said was I'm a very lucky person in that my entire family actually left the church all at the same time. I was off at college in a small middle-of-nowhere town, and I attended the young single adult ward for all of two weeks. <laughs> when I found out the entire three-hour block was spent being forced to sit boy-girl-boy-girl boy, girl, and mm. facilitate conversations that would help me find an eternal partner God. in any number of horny college boys, I started making excuses to stay at the dorms. Wow. I know when I was in a, a, a yeah, young single adult ward, mm-hmm. we actually— termed it the meat market because that's what it felt like. You're just going to meet to meet and members of the opposite yeah, gender. Get married. That's one, it. Once again. Yep. 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 Meanwhile, back at home, my dad was discovering the CES letter and the ex-Mormon Reddit threads, and my little brother was being bullied in his high school seminary class for asking too many questions. Whoa. Yeah, don't ask questions. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. I didn't know any of this, but I came home for Christmas one time, and suddenly we're all on our way out of religion. Not going to lie, it was a cool feeling. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I know. <laughs> all I got last Christmas was a shitty-ass Christmas letter. <laughs> I know. I wasn't even mentioned in that stupid, shitty letter. No, and I was apparently still together with Brent in that last stupid letter. Uh, Things have gotten a lot better with my family. I don't I don't mean to bring that up, but um, yeah. Yeah. They have. (laughs) Anyway, five years later, I've left the LDS church behind me, and I've never been happier. Good for you. Yeah. My medication lets me appreciate the world like I never could as a teen. I feel free to look at cute girls, to feel cute in short shorts, to enjoy putting way too much sugar in my coffee. (gasps) Coffee. Are you drinking coffee? And I bet she's got some porn shoulders going on. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) No shrugs for you. No no shoulder rugs for you, (laughs) Shoulder rugs. (laughs) Okay. I find (laughs) Nobody's going to understand that reference because it was... A reference to a different podcast. That was a joke from the future. (laughs) (laughs) You'll understand in a few days. Mm -hmm. Trust us. Trust us. (laughs) That's hilarious. Future jokes. Okay. 
I finally <laughs> future f- jokes are hilarious. They're the by best. The way. You will laugh in the future. I promise. <laughs> okay, I finally feel free. My records are still technically part of the church's inflated statistics, but that's because my grandparents are huge on family history and family trees. And if I broke my temple ceiling to my family, they would be sure to notice. I'm supposed to be the good granddaughter, so there's that. Mm, the only fun. thing. Yeah, no. Guilt and shame mm-hmm, sucks. Mm-hmm. The only thing I still have regrets about is that I still cry when the prophet and his apostles call people like me evil Ugh. and accuse me of dragging my religious friends to hell, more or less. Yeah. It still hurts on a pretty deep level. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I bet it does. Fucking, they say such... <sighs> They're not nice. I don't know. The, the, the shit that they say at general conference and stuff is really hurtful. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. Have we not figured this out by now, people? Anyway, thanks for getting through this novel of a letter. Oh, we, we've had longer. Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know who you are. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry for going on so long, but there's a lot to say. I hope you both, your dogs, and all the kiddos are doing well. Much love, Erica. Aw, thank you, Erica. Great letter. Thank you. We're doing yeah. well. The kids are doing great. Um, dogs are still assholes. It's fantastic. <laughs> life is life is good. Yeah, Bitsky is licking my ankle right now. He was licking my leg earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. always a treat. Mm-hmm. 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 That damn dog. Uh-huh. You love him. I do. And I want to punch him. <laughs> All at the same time. <laughs> All at the same time. Love punch. <laughs> anyway, Erica, thank you. That was a great, great letter. Yeah, thanks so much for writing in. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Carolyn and Erica for their letters. Mm-hmm. Keep Appreciate them coming, that. people. Keep, Keep them, them coming. coming. Yeah. yeah. And who knows, you may get your letter read on an upcoming podcast. As a reminder, you can go to our website at latterdaylesbian.org slash contact and check out all the ways to get in touch with us. We hope you do. Mm-hmm. All right. Should That's we it. wrap it up, shall we? That's all we got. Okay. Talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.